Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin. Welcome to another bonus episode of The Females a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm back with another great bonus episode to help support you during the coronavirus. Today, we're discussing what you can expect when you return to work. Maybe you're fortunate that your employer is going to let you continue to work full-time remotely, but for many people and companies and industries, there will be some part of a physical office life that they have to return to. And if your company isn't thinking about their returning to work plan, maybe it's time to. We've invited Stephanie Bertmer, the vice president of people at HCode, the largest Hispanic digital media company in the United States, to share how she's approaching a return to work plan while also keeping her team safe. By the end of this episode, you'll leave with five tips for your own successful transition back to a workplace. And now this is The Females. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to The Females. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you. Yeah. So just so you guys know, uh, I'll put this in the show notes too, but Stephanie actually hosted a webinar on Career Contessa years ago around career development. So I will put that in the show notes, but Stephanie, maybe you can just start by giving everyone a little bit of your background and, and why you're in this career space slash the person we are talking to about returning to work today. Yes, absolutely. So I spent my career uh, really in, in people development, people operations at companies, you know, in the tech space, in the airline industry, and most recently in the advertising and digital space. And really my passion is around working for companies with, with a people first approach, really thinking about how, you know, we as leaders can make the employee experience better. And there hasn't been a better time to be in this space. I think, you know, HR, people ops, talent folks are working overtime during the coronavirus. So I've had a lot to do, but it's all good things in service of our employees. Great. Yeah. No, I know you've been very busy and and also very focused on shifting your work to consider how employees can return to work and, and what employers need to do. And even just, you know, what this quote unquote future might look like. I think a lot of us keep saying returning to normal with now this like maybe new knowledge that there will be a new, truly a new normal. So I think it would be helpful for us to start by getting your take on the status of just people going back to work. Like, is it going to happen? 
Yeah, you know, I think it is going to happen, but it really just depends on the industry that you're in and whether or not your company has the capabilities to operate solely online, right? So as states, local communities start to open again, companies are going to need to figure out what their return to work plan is and, and how to keep employees safe. I think for those of us who are privileged and lucky enough to work for companies that can work remote longer, you'll continue to see that. But for those that, that don't have that, you know, companies are going to have to think about, you know, what social distancing measures are we going to have to put in place? Can everyone be in the office at, at the same time? So I think it's really industry specific, but you are going to see people start to go to work as, as these uh, restrictions are lifted. Mm -hmm. My mom works in property management and I know they're talking about bringing them back into the office, which we're going to go over kind of, you know, what, what that will look like in a second, but also, and then I have a friend who works for a big tech company and he said that they've already told him they're not going back to work until next year. So like yeah. January, 2021, which is, you know, wild. To think yeah. About. Yeah. I just read that too. I saw that Facebook mm -hmm. and Google and I think Zillow are letting folks you know, work remotely for the rest of 2020 if, you know, their, their job allows it. Yeah. So let's get into how has coronavirus changed the future workplaces? What, what do you think is going to be different and what can we expect? I think, first of all, offices are going to look very different. I don't know about your, your grocery store, but mine looks like an assembly line where they're sanitizing the carts, making sure everyone has hand sanitizer, only allowing certain people in. And I think, you know, those type of measures are going to spill over into the workplace, right? So there's no longer going to be the meetings where everyone's jammed into the conference room, right? Probably only one or two people in, in the conference room uh, at a time. No common areas, right? Like break areas where people have lunch together. You may see partitions in the office. So I think the actual office layout and how many people are in the office at one time is really going to change. And I think on a positive note, a lot of companies have been focused on their employee well-being at this time, right? Putting out resources to make sure that people are focused on their mental, physical, financial health at this time. So my hope is that the future of work will still prioritize employee well-being and also providing flexibility, right? I know for the employees that are, I work with, some are parents, some you know, care for people who are in vulnerable populations. So really providing that flexibility, my hope is that that will continue into the future. Do you think that like for someone who's working remotely right now for the first time, um, I mean, maybe they had to quickly, you know, transfer their company into virtual working conditions. Do you think it's going to change employee expectations around working remotely? Like moving forward is the expectation that, you know, as long as you're non-essential and kind of like, well, like if you've been able to work remotely basically during coronavirus moving forward, is that going to be an expectation you think employees have? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think along those lines, right, companies can get more creative if, you know, the company decides to hire people who are remote only, you can really think expansively about where your talent pool is, right? No longer do you need people in the same city. You can start looking for talent otherwise. But yes, definitely. I think employee expectations are that, you know, at least there is some type of remote work policy. Maybe it's not full time. Maybe it's a few days a week, but I think definitely that will be employee expectations moving forward. 
Mm -hmm. So two things I want to ask before we get into your tips on how people who do need to go back into a workplace can successfully transition back is you mentioned caretaking. So what about if you work for a company where they basically have like completely ignored, like they're of course like a Google, right? We, we just assume Google always <laughs> is the first to do this mm-hmm. thing where like, you know, they edit your hours knowing that you're a full-time parent during this whole thing. But like, what if you work for a company that maybe is not nearly as on top of it as like, you know, a huge company like Google and you are a caretaker at home and it's like work is expecting you to work like you're, you don't have kids at home and the kids are expecting you to parent like you don't, don't have work. So how can you approach your employer if you're in that situation? Yeah, I think it, it all starts with a manager relationship. If you have a good relationship with your manager, sharing that, you know, it, it wasn't until after we rolled out our initial return to work plan that we started getting feedback that, you know, people were a little bit scared. They were concerned about, you know, their responsibilities at home. So I think sharing that feedback as an employee is going to be super important. So whether it means, you know, sharing it with your manager, if you're comfortable sharing it with your manager or sharing it with your, you know, your HR business partner or your people ops person, really trying to escalate that feedback will help, you know, leaders and executives and your people, team members make better decisions about that, what what that flexibility looks like. So I think you definitely can't suffer in silence, try to share what your experience is, what you're juggling. And I know that, you know, sometimes people are afraid to share that. And oftentimes women get penalized for for sharing their caretaking responsibilities, but it's not going to improve if you don't share that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think some employees might also just be nervous about speaking up because they're worried about their job stability, right? They don't want anyone to think that they're not working hard, especially when it feels like everybody is getting laid off left and right. So, I mean, this fear is, it's real obviously, but it's also, um, there's a lot of like valid reasons to back up why you feel nervous to speak up. Okay. So let's discuss, you've got five tips on how people can successfully transition back to work. And I know you guys just rolled out a return to work plan, which it sounds to me like the best thing people can do if they work in HR, people ops, anybody who's on, uh, has a task like this at work is recognize that it's probably a work in progress, right? You, You already mentioned like when you rolled it out, you guys already got feedback on it. Yeah, Dev, there's no playbook for return to work plans uh, and the coronavirus. But so one of the things that I'm doing, I'm regularly checking, you know, recommendations from the CDC, the occupational um, OSHA, so occupational safety and health, looking for guidelines. So I think, you know, one of the quotes that always sticks with me that is like our overarching philosophy and our return to work plan is just because stay-at-home orders are lifted doesn't mean the pandemic is over. And that has been sort of like my guiding philosophy, right? So if we can keep our team members working remotely for longer, it means less risk for their health and safety, right? You have to have less and fewer social distancing measures once you're back in the office. And then it really does provide that flexibility for employees who have children or are in a vulnerable population or care for someone who's in a vulnerable population. So I think that's just been my overarching philosophy, always trying to keep on top of it in terms of you know what recommendations are out there from, from local and trusted sources. Right. Yes. Okay. So tip number one, you said is shift your mindset. So explain that a little bit. Yeah. I think here, like the world is not as it was yesterday. 
I actually took a drive out, just went for a drive to get, you know, some fresh air and it just looks so different. There are people out, but definitely not as many as I'm used to seeing. So I think just understanding that the world is not as it was, it won't be. And I think the same goes for workplaces, right? Like the office, uh, the workplace that we were used to pre-coronavirus is not going to be the same. There's going to be social distancing measures. There's going to be more people working remotely. Yeah, I think shifting your mindset will help prepare you for going back back to work. You mentioned like the physical layout and it's interesting because I feel like we went through this phase where, you know, the open concept office is all the rave and like, so everybody who like redid their office in the last 10 to 15 years or whatever it was, has made it like very open concept. And now it's like, no, 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 no. You might not see those again, right? For obviously for good reason, but like cubicles and, and private offices might be more the norm moving forward. Yep. Okay. So tip number two, you said is start gradually. So let's talk about that one. Yeah. And when I think about starting gradually, it reminds me of my own maternity leave, right? I, when I went back to work after having a kiddo who's going to be a little toddler now, you know, I started gradually. I started thinking about, okay, what is my commute going to look like now? Let me try this a couple times a week before I go back to work. Also thinking about, you know, if you have maybe woken up at 8.30 and just rolled over and grabbed the laptop, start introducing your morning routine, right? Waking up a little bit early even thinking about meal preps and preparing your food for the day. If you haven't done that because you've just, you know, walked right into the kitchen, start to integrate that into your routine as you're preparing to go back into work. And I think that'll help the the transition a lot more. Yeah. Honestly, the idea of going back to a workplace, you know, I, I used to work four days a week at the office, like is painful. Like just the idea of that is painful, (laughs) not because I'm not working all day, every day. It's just exactly what you're talking. Like I haven't had a commute. I've had a lot more flexibility. I never used to get up like later than five 30 in the morning because it was literally impossible to get everything done that I needed to get Mm -hmm. done. And part of that was I had a really long commute. I was one of those people that commuted like an hour and a half each way to the office. But I like what you're talking about is like start by creating this like faux commute, start by creating this like morning routine as if you're going back into a workplace before you get there. This makes me think of like kids who like have been off for the summer, like before they have to gear up to go back to school, (laughs) you know? Lay your outfit out. (laughs) Exactly. Start laying out your outfit. These are actually really good tips too. Just, you know, like how to work remotely successfully is like you could implement some of this stuff like three weeks ahead of time. And I'm sure it would actually boost your perform, you know, your quote unquote performance working remotely too. I like the gradualness of this for a lot of different reasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So tip number three is educate yourself on proper ways to stay healthy and safe. So are we talking about like turn on the news every day? Or is there specific websites? I mean, there's a lot. And I also feel like people are very overwhelmed by the news. It's nonstop. Yeah. I think it's just about cutting out the noise, right? Because like you said, there's so much happening right now. So much information on the news. Sometimes it contradicts itself. And I think for me, how I've stayed grounded, checking the CDC website, looking at the local Department of Health website, looking at you know OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, looking for guidelines there and having a better understanding of the coronavirus, how it spreads, how to keep myself safe, my family safe, employees safe has really kept me grounded and helped me feel more confident when I do have to go out in public spaces. And I think this will help 
people as they return to work, if they understand, you know, just more of evidence-based guidelines. Great. Knowledge is power. It's a a cliche for a reason. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tip number four is ask for and understand your company's return to work plan. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I think a lot of companies are just trying to figure this out right now. So the more that you can ask questions about what efforts are they taking to keep you safe? Will they continue to let you work remotely or care for someone who's in a vulnerable population? Asking those questions now and understanding what that policy is, I think will help the transition as well. And if they don't have one in place, it'll probably prompt them to start thinking about it. Yeah. I know I I don't have a return to work plan, but we have such a small company that I feel like, you know, a formal plan is just not necessary. But what you're saying is that, you know, your company, you know, your work environment, if they don't have anything, now's a good time to maybe just ask them because there are, you know, obviously this is something that's happening state by state. But another thing that people should know is when is your state opening up? And, And it's probably going to be a gradual opening, right? Of services also. So like, restaurants, you know, hairdressers, that kind of like, at least in California, there isn't actually a date, I don't think in place yet, but for other states there are, but it's not like, okay, the whole state is back and open, right? So if if your company hasn't mentioned anything about this, it's probably a good and appropriate time to at least ask them, right? Absolutely. And that's a great point, right? We have offices that operate in different cities. So that's another consideration as well. Is the company going to open all at once? Does your work from home policy apply to all employees? Definitely dig in there and find out what's the overall plan, but then what's the plan for my specific work site? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious too. I mean, you mentioned you have a toddler, like how are you doing it? Like, how are you going to go back to work with a toddler at home? Oh my goodness. I got to ask our CEO. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to take your own homework assignment. I'm very fortunate in the sense that it's just me and my husband here. We don't have kids and I really can't even imagine what it's like for people who are trying to do this with children. Every once in a while, we'll get asked for like tips or hacks for how to work from home with kids. And it's almost one of those things where it's like, I don't know if there's a tip or a hack. I think this is, I mean, you would know more than I would, but it sounds to me like it's, it's literally just a day by day situation, trying to like more of a survival mode than a thrive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, we're lucky enough to have a nanny who, who watches our kiddo outside uh, most of the day while I take calls in the car. (laughs) Oh man, that's Um, interesting. Yeah. But Gotta make it work, right? Yeah, you gotta make it work. Okay, so tip number five is understand your rights as an employee. Yeah, so I think here there actually something called the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, which is a essentially emergency paid leave depending on the size of your company and your specific circumstances related to COVID. So there is time off available to you if you are experiencing COVID symptoms. If you need to take time off related to COVID, if you are struggling with childcare and you need to take time off because of childcare, I think my recommendation there is look it up. It's called the Family First Coronavirus Response Act. It depends on the size of your company and then individual circumstances, but there is some relief there with regard to time off. So just having a better understanding of you know how you can take care of yourself during this time. This actually goes back into the past tip, but understand the work return to work plan and then also understand your rights and then the resources available to you as an employee. 
Yeah, no, I think it's important that we mention these because I had no idea that there was something called the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, right? Like (laughs) I know they're probably giving that information, but sometimes as an employee, you take the word of your employer as like the final word in all things. So it's good to remember like, you have rights as an employee as well. And your employer might not even necessarily know all this. That's true. Especially if you're the smaller size company, right? You don't have like a dedicated people ops person. So again, look it up. It really depends on the size of the company. It isn't a, you know, a blanket leave for all company sizes, but I think a lot of people listening to this may have this resource available to them. Right. And then just sort of, I guess, since you're on the people team and overall question I have is I heard on a podcast that Adam Grant said that the research shows most people only need about two days a week in an actual office. And after that, it's like whatever benefits you get from being all in the same workplace, really the effects are not that great. I mean, do you think even like before this, this whole, you know, nine to five, five days a week in an office, I mean, do you think this is sort of a a shakeup for companies on in order to make the work like or the work day or the work layout just work better for people yeah that's my hope you know I think more than anything I've gotten a better understanding of what employees need just given their circumstances and I think what we found is actually some improvements in terms of productivity and collaboration and one of the things where working remotely has really benefited us is by including those folks who have been, you know, not at headquarters. So people who've worked in New York, who often felt like, hey, you know, I'm on video, everyone else is in the office. It has leveled the playing field a little bit in terms of, you know, how employees are are able to contribute and collaborate. So I think that's one good thing. But my hope is that companies will start to rethink really how much people need to be in the office, right? And the type of productivity that you get from being in person versus not. So that's my hope. Yeah. My hope also is that this is going to bring, you know, we've always talked about how we need, we have a federal need for childcare. Like there needs to be something done by the government to help with the support of childcare for families. The family unit has changed so much from whenever they first decide that we needed that. And so my, also my hope is that this will, you know, again, bring more of this, maybe like human approach to how the workday is set up. Like you're saying, like maybe employees just don't need to be in the office that much, which for that working parent, that might mean being able to be home for bedtime, you know, whereas before they weren't or some, you know, I don't know, I'm I'm maybe getting too far in the silver linings here, but I feel like kind of like the environmentalists where they're getting this experiment for the first time where nobody's driving. It's like what, what it could happen to the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like us as employees are able to kind of create that, you know, internal experiment with our employers too. Totally. And then sharing feedback on how it's going. Do you really like it? Are you more productive or do you need, you know, there are some employees who have shared feedback with me that they would prefer to be in the office. So I think it's about as an employer being open to that feedback and as an employee feeling like you can share what works best for you. Yes, I totally agree. Well, Stephanie, these are amazing tips. I'm just going to recap them really quickly. So these are the five tips for successfully transitioning back to work. Number one is shift your mindset to there's going to be a new normal. Tip number two is start gradually. Tip number three, educate yourself on proper ways to stay safe and healthy using trusted resources like the CDC, et cetera. 
Tip number four, ask for and understand your company's return to work plan. And if they haven't mentioned anything, it's totally an appropriate time to maybe ask them, hey, what is the return to work plan? And tip number five is understand your rights as an employee. The thing to Google is called the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for these tips. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this special bonus episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. And thank you to Stephanie Bertmer, the Vice President of People at HCode for her great tips. You can learn more about Stephanie and HCode in the show notes. This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever. Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love. Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to Amazon.com backslash Purina.